This is Project Keto, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm your host, Madeline Hewitt, and today we're talking about fast, convenient dinner ideas on keto. I hear from a lot of people who say that keto takes a ton of preparation or that you're spending hours in the kitchen or you're constantly out shopping and you never have time and you can hardly keep up with this. And I can completely understand why it might feel like that, especially if you're not used to cooking. However, I know for a fact that you can do this in a really fast and convenient way without loads of preparation or without devoting an entire weekend afternoon to meal prep for the week. I almost never do meal preps. I probably do it like once a year, seriously. I almost never bake in huge batches that are going to last me meals for the entire week. Um, I almost always cook every time I'm going to eat and I almost always spend less than 10 to 15 minutes in the kitchen. So I know that this can be done because this is how I do it and this is how I've been cooking for years. Um, Even before I ever started doing keto exactly when I was doing more of a paleo or just real whole foods approach to eating, it was still the same way. Um, I love to cook. I love being in the kitchen. And if I could, I would spend hours in the kitchen. But my life just isn't set up for that. I work really a lot. I have a really, really tiny kitchen in a very small condo. And I just don't have my life set up in a way where hours of meal preparation is doable for me. So I am hoping that you'll leave today's episode with a lot of ideas on how you can cut down on your cooking and your preparation, but still have really delicious, fulfilling keto meals. So first of all, I can't recommend the crock pot or the instant pot more. I mean, those two things are just essential if you want to cut down on cooking time and make things easy. Crock-pots and instant pots are two different things. Sometimes people think it's the same thing, but they're actually different. And I do use both. And if you're only going to get one, I would say that you should get the instant pot. But um, the difference is that the crock pot is a slow cooker and it usually takes you about 12 to 24 hours to cook a large big chunk of meat. Um, But it's like zero maintenance. All you have to do is put the meat in the crock pot, turn it on and leave until it's done. You don't even have to stay at home while it's cooking. It's safe to leave while you are out of the house. Now the instant pot is more like a pressure cooker where you could cook an entire frozen chicken in one hour and it's completely done from pulling it out of the freezer all the way till it's like fully finished. So the instant pot is much quicker and and, um, takes less time than the crock pot. However, it has a little bit of a learning curve for some people and you can't necessarily check on your food as it's cooking. You have to wait till it's completely done to check on it. So that can be a little bit frustrating sometimes where maybe you're making a beef roast and you've never done it before and you're not really sure if it's going to take 60 minutes or 75 minutes. And in the Instant Pot, that's a big difference. 15 minutes is a huge amount of difference. So maybe you set the Instant Pot for 60 minutes and then you wait for it to finish And then you do have to have this little waiting time where you wait for the steam to blow out. So you can open up the steam vent and it takes another five minutes or so for all the steam to come out. Then you open up the lid and you have to check, oh, is it done? 
And if it's not done, then you have to turn it back on and um, keep it cooking a little longer. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. And that is like really not a difficult situation. But if you have a crock pot, you don't run across that. You can just pull off the lid or look through the glass lid whenever you want, as many times as you want, poke around on the food, see if it's done, and then keep it cooking if you need. So it's really up to you which one works best, but if in a perfect world, you would probably use both. That's what I do. I like to use a crock pot for things like beef roasts, lamb roasts, ribs, stuff like that, because I just find that they've always been a little bit different depending on the animal, and it takes slightly a different amount of time. Um, but I always use the Instant Pot for whole frozen chickens. To me, those always take about 60 minutes. If it's a huge chicken, it takes about 70 minutes and it's done and it's like clockwork and I always know that it works. I also love to use the Instant Pot to make my own bone broth because in the crock pot it can take 48 hours to make really really good quality broth and that's fine. It's actually pretty easy because all you do is let it sit and simmer on low in the crock pot for two days but it does make your house smell really strongly of meat or chicken, which some people really don't like. Plus, then you have to wait two days for your broth. When I make broth in the Instant Pot, it takes two hours and there's no smell. So when I make broth, here's what the process is. I take a whole frozen chicken out of the freezer, cook it in the Instant Pot on high pressure for 60 minutes, open up the Instant Pot, take off all of the meat and um, set the meat aside and then I leave the skin and the bones and the juices and all the organs in the Instant Pot. I add some extra water and then I cook that on high pressure for two hours. Then I open it up and I strain off all the broth and keep that and throw away the bones and whatever else I'm not planning to eat. And then maybe I'll find a little bit more meat in there that's come off and I pick that off and keep it. So then I've just basically made broth from a frozen chicken and it only took about three to four hours total for me to do that. And that is just so convenient when I want broth in a pinch. So I do recommend that you use both a crock pot and an instant pot, but if you've got one or the other, then just stick with what you've got and get it out and really use it like you mean it. Now, I bring up the crock pot or the instant pot on this episode because it is the most convenient way and the most foolproof way to make meat. It's really hard to be good at making meat in the oven because it's really easy for meat to dry out and it also can take a few hours. Like if you want to bake a, or roast a chicken in the oven, it's going to take a few hours and you have to have like the whole afternoon to prepare it and do that. So here's what you do. If you're a busy person and you just don't have time for that kind of thing, when you wake up in the morning, put an entire chicken or an entire beef roast or pork roast or lamb roast into the crock pot or the instant pot and put it on the setting that is appropriate. So if it's in the crock pot, put it on low with just a little bit of water, like maybe an inch of water. If it's on the instant pot, put about an inch of water and cook it on high pressure. Turn it on, leave, go to work. So you're at work for seven, eight, nine, ten hours, however long it is. Come back home, 
open up the lid and your meat is done. It's okay for your meat to sit in the Instant Pot all day after it's done cooking for an hour. It actually makes it even more tender and even juicier if it's just sitting in there staying warm. So that's totally fine. Um, for the crock pot, it'll be cooking all day long, which is what you want. Now, if you put a frozen big, huge piece of meat in the crock pot, it might actually take 24 hours. So you might want to put that in at bedtime, like on a Monday night, and then it will be ready for you by the time you eat dinner on Tuesday when you get home from work. So this just makes it so that you have almost zero prep and your meat basically always turns out amazing when you cook it in one of these devices. The ways to mess up are to forget to add some water. So there should always be about an inch or so of water or juices or broth or something at the bottom of the crock pot so that it doesn't dry out. And then another mistake is if you cook it on high high setting or high heat in the crock pot, it will dry it out and make it um, more chewy. For beef, I've found that if you try and pull the beef apart like you're going to do um, a little bit like pulled pork but it's beef and it's very tough or it's chewy it's actually because you haven't cooked it long enough so for beef you have to really cook it to the point where it's extremely tender and it falls apart on the fork or it melts in your mouth same thing for lamb and then a rack of ribs goes great in the crock pot or the instant pot as well. And I've done this with pork ribs and lamb ribs. I've done lamb shanks. I've done all kinds of different cuts of meat and it's just so fun. It's also a really easy way to make duck breasts or duck legs because I found that it's so easy for your duck to turn out chewy or overcooked in the oven or even if you cook it on the stovetop. And the instant pot or the crock pot always make it really juicy and tender and delicious. So definitely start that. Even if you just start doing that for your weekly or daily meat, it just cuts down on so many dishes, so much time in the kitchen, so much time standing by the oven and checking and poking and it's just so simple. So then let's say you get home from work and you've got this piece of meat then what do you pair that with? Let's say you've got this chunk of um, some lamb roast or pork roast and then what do you eat with that? Well you can quickly steam up some vegetables in about two minutes. So if it's just you, cut up as much broccoli as you want to eat, steam that in a pot and steaming one serving or like one person's meal of broccoli usually takes two to five minutes or so, especially if you cut up the pieces pretty small and then um, pour a whole bunch of fat on that, like some butter or some olive oil or ghee or maybe coconut oil. Avocado oil is one of my favorites. And sprinkle on a bunch of Himalayan salt or pepper or your favorite spices like Italian seasoning or maybe some Indian spices, something like that. And then there's your meal. So all you did when you got home was take the piece of meat out of the crock pot, put it on your plate, steam up some vegetables, add some fat and some spices and some salt, and you've got your meal. And if you're a person who's practicing fasting in between meals and you're not snacking, then you'll probably find that your stomach is growling and you're really hungry by the time that you're going to sit down and have your meal. And when you're truly hungry, these foods taste absolutely phenomenal. And people just love to eat like a big pile of broccoli with butter and some steak or something on the side. 
But if you're a person who's constantly snacking all day long, or you're still eating sugar on a regular basis, then these kinds of meals might not really sound appealing to you, and it might just feel bland and boring until you've um, really changed your taste buds and your hunger and satiety settings. You can also quickly saute some vegetables. Now this might take 10 minutes, which still is very short, but it's, it's you know, double the time of steaming veggies. So let's say you want sauteed broccoli, cut up the broccoli pretty small, heat up some coconut oil or butter or ghee in a big uh, frying pan or a saute pan, add some spices, like I like to do fennel seeds and crushed red pepper or Italian seasoning, and then um, put the spices in the pan first, put the vegetables on top, stir them around and cook them on kind of a medium setting so that the oil is not spattering or smoking, but you can really see that the vegetables are cooking at a rapid pace. It'll take about six or seven minutes probably, and then they're done. That's that. So that's another way of doing it. Another way to prepare vegetables would be even a little bit more time is to make roasted veggies. But you can make large batches of roasted veggies all at once and then eat them as leftovers later. So you could take one night to make three or four big pans full of roasted, let's say, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, onions, mushrooms, bok choy, maybe you're doing carrots, maybe you want something a little bit higher in carbs, those kinds of things, roast them in coconut oil or an animal fat, like duck fat or bacon fat, and um, add a bunch of Himalayan salt, and then you can store that in the fridge and it's really easy to just pull that out and quickly reheat it on the stovetop when you're ready to eat when you get home from work. Now let's say that you're not going to use the crock pot or the instant pot and you want a quick way to make meat. Well, buy some ground meat and it could be ground beef, pork, chicken, turkey, lamb, goat, veal, any of those kinds of things can work. And get out the amount that you're going to eat, like maybe it's a quarter pound or so, Heat up a little tiny amount of coconut oil or butter on the stovetop and put the meat on the oil, move it around with a fork so it's all broken up and just cook that until it's cooked all the way through and it looks a little bit like ground up taco meat. Or you could make a single patty and cook the patty on the stovetop. And if you're making that for just yourself and it's a small amount of meat, it should maybe take five minutes or less. If you're making that for a couple of people, like four or five people, maybe it'll take 10 minutes. It still is really super quick and easy in a short amount of time. I actually prefer doing that um, instead of making a whole bunch of patties and then having to reheat them. I just find that reheated ground meat always tastes more dry or chewy than when I just cook it right then and just get it done. But you could prepare a bunch of patties or a bunch of meat in advance and then reheat it if you prefer that plan. So you might be seeing there's a theme here. You get some easy-to-make meat, some easy-to-make vegetables, pair them together. Total time should take you about 10 minutes or so, and you're sitting down and eating right after you get in the front door. 
you could also make a protein shake. Protein shakes are just like one of my absolute favorite tools because they're so easy to make and they taste like dessert and they can satisfy your sweet tooth if you're a person who's like me and you love to have sweet things or you love to have dessert types of foods then get really good at making protein shakes. And today I'm going to be sharing a recipe for a shake called the Chocolate Lover's Smoothie. And I'm sharing this recipe because it's perfect for keto. Super low in carbs, super high in fat, has easily digestible protein, and you can make two servings at once so that you can either share one with your partner or you can freeze it and have it the next day. So I'm going to say the whole recipe out loud. So get out your pencil and your paper or check out the show notes at projectketopodcast.com. Underneath the season two tab, you should be able to find this episode called Fast Convenient Dinner Ideas and the Chocolate Lover's Smoothie Recipe will be on there. Here are the ingredients. One can of full fat unsweetened coconut milk one whole avocado, six to eight tablespoons of grass-fed collagen powder, and I really recommend the brand called Great Lakes Collagen, super good quality, clean grass-fed collagen, but there are many other brands out there that you might find as well. You'll also be using four tablespoons of unsweetened cocoa powder, and one tablespoon of maca powder, M-A-C-A powder. The maca powder is optional. You definitely don't have to add it, but the maca powder gives it a really good taste that's similar to a malt flavor. And maca is also really good for liver detoxification and for supporting your hormone systems and detoxing out um, environmental estrogens called xenoestrogens. So it's very good for your body, whether you're a man or a woman, and it tastes great. You'll also be adding a little pinch of some Himalayan salt, some stevia to your taste if you like it sweetened, and as much or as little ice as you want. Add all of those ingredients to your blender. I like to use a Vitamix. That's just one of my favorite things in my kitchen. Add it all together and blend it up and then split it into two and either give the other half to somebody else to drink or put it into a container with a lid, like maybe a mason jar or something like that, and freeze it and then take it out of the freezer about an hour or two before you plan to eat it next. So maybe you're going to pull that out a few hours before breakfast or before dinner the next day. This shake should leave you feeling super satisfied, really satiated, and it should hopefully be something that satisfies your sweet tooth if you just feel like having a dessert type of thing or an ice cream type of thing for dinner. Definitely feel free to adjust the ingredients in there. If those ones don't appeal to you or they're not working for you, just swap it out. You could also add in a lot. You could add in some cooked and cooled down cauliflower or broccoli. You could add some raw spinach or kale leaves. If it's morning, you could add some coffee grounds to make it mocha flavor. You could add some MCT oil and you could also replace the collagen with your favorite protein powder. So you just get creative with yourself or you make any kind of shake you really want, but just know that you can always have a protein shake for dinner. It's also important that you always have some treats stocked up for dessert and don't 
leave yourself in a pinch where you either have nothing or you end up tempting yourself with junk food that might for some reason still be in your house. So I always like to have either some type of fat bombs in the freezer. I make the brownies from the keto diet book by Leanne Vogel. I make those brownies all the time and I basically always have a batch of them in my refrigerator. So those are really good after dinner snack for me. I also like to make homemade chocolates where I just buy a bar of 100% baking cocoa, melt it in a pan on the stove, add some stevia and then let it harden. I put it back into the freezer and just let it firm up and then I cut that into some chunks and there's my dark chocolate bar. Works perfect for me. Sometimes I also add in a little bit of coconut butter if I want it a little bit less bitter and a little bit more of that milk chocolate flavor. So that is all that I have for my suggestions for today. I hope that these fast, convenient dinner ideas are new ideas, or I hope that they work for you and that you can implement them. Um, And I just want to remind everybody to keep things super simple and remember that it's definitely not the most important thing to be obsessed with tracking. I've seen so many people in keto Facebook groups and on Instagram and these different places obsess over tracking their macros and their weight and they find that the more that they track, the more obsessed they get and maybe they're having a weight plateau or their symptoms are starting to come back and these things are happening and oftentimes the biggest thing that they'll do is start getting stricter and start to fast longer or cut out more carbs or do extreme things and then their symptoms get worse or they end up actually gaining weight and I just can't I can't stop seeing this. I feel like I see it everywhere on social media that that's how people are doing keto. And I want to remind you, especially if you're a woman, that it is so important that you don't follow something extreme and that you don't expect yourself to eat the same every single day or every single day of your cycle and that you're going to need to be fluctuating the amount of protein, fat, and carbs throughout your cycles for sure. And if this is confusing for you or it's not making sense, then go back all the way to episode number one from season one and re-listen to everything so far or check out Leanne Vogel's 12-week online course called Happy Keto Body. I'll link to that in the show notes, but I also have an interview with her from a couple episodes back. Again, her name is Leanne Vogel. Go back and listen to that episode with her. And her Happy Keto Body program is actually still open for registration. Most of you know that registration was closed on January 17th, but she has graciously opened up opened it up all the way till the end of January 2019 so that you have time to get on it and get going. That's such a wonderful program for women who are struggling with keto or who have plateaued or who find that whatever you're doing, it's just not getting you where you want to be. Keto can be extremely complex for some people and it is not a one-size-fits-all program and sometimes you just need a little bit of extra help. But for all of you who are getting all the results you want and you're feeling amazing, good for you. I'm so proud of you and I just want to encourage you to keep it up and keep going. Now for this week's special segment, what am I doing this week? I am 
trying to get over my cold. It's not a very fun topic, but I've had a cold all week. It's been really bad, and I've been actually still working all the way through it. I haven't been taking any time off from work, and it's been a really big struggle, honestly. I haven't been sick for years. I can't even remember the last time that I had a cold. So this is just very out of the ordinary for me. But here are all of the things that I've been doing to get over my cold. I've been doing near-infrared saunas at home. I have a little sauna in my bathroom that somebody made for me. I've been doing red light therapy on my throat and on my face and my mouth. I've been taking a lot of Biocidin products. Biocidin is a company that makes amazing products that help with bacteria and viruses. And I've been taking a supplement called Super Immune Boosters that I just love and has been really helping. I've been doing some Biocidin throat spray. I've been doing zinc lozenges. I've been drinking a ton of bone broth. Um, and I can't think of anything else that I've been doing, but I'm sure that there are other things. So it's all seeming to work. I'm on the mend. I'm getting better. And my voice is finally good enough to record this episode today. So hopefully by next week, I'll have completely gotten over this cold and forgotten all about it and on to something a little bit more fun and exciting. For now, that's all. And I'll catch you in a week. 